corruption of relationships followed. Adam, in shame, hid from God in the garden. Remember that? Cain killed Abel. And so it has been ever since in this world. Wars, quarrelling, violence, deceit, betrayal, abuse, and every other form of evil. And what they do is to destroy harmony and peace and replace them with fear and uh, mistrust, with resentment and loneliness of heart. That's the human story. So, in the words of that great philosopher and singer, what the word world re- needs now is love. John Lennon, I think, was the guy that wrote those brilliant words. The world needs love, but not love as the world thinks of it, but as God thinks of it, and that is to put others before ourselves. And when we do that, what happens? It restores or preserves or strengthens relationships. You see, love as we have it in the Bible is not just liking someone or being attracted to someone. It's about putting their interests ahead of our own. It's a matter of the will, not the emotions. Because Jesus said you've got to love your enemies. It's very hard to like somebody who's out to get you, right? But he says you're still to put his interests ahead of your own. And we have an example of what this means in Jesus himself. He came to seek and to save the lost. He came to lay down his life to restore relationships with God and with each other. And what Jesus is saying in our text is that we should behave towards other people the way he behaves towards us. More than that, how we do that becomes a bit like an advertisement that shows other people what Jesus is like and why they should follow him. So you can think of a church which you may have ever belonged to or know of where people bicker and bite and all that and it's horrible. Then you think of a church where people are are kind and friendly and loving, a bit like this church, which I said two weeks ago, 
And that itself becomes like a magnet. By this shall all people know that you are my disciples. Now, you've heard all that before. It, it all sounds straightforward, but it's not as simple as it seems. Why? Because we all come up against the problem that there is something inside us which makes it very difficult to keep this commandment. Paul in Romans 7 calls it the flesh, which is translated as our sinful human nature. We are the problem. But there is good news. If we have been born again of the Spirit, John chapter 3, then we have access to help from our Heavenly Father to rise above our natural tendencies and really love as we ought. Listen to Colossians 3.10. You have put off the old self with its practices and you have put on the new self which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. That's the process which is happening now, provided we cooperate with God. There is an inner presence of God's spirit available to us to help us love one another as we should. So, whose fault is it if we don't? Now, today, we're going to look at this passage in three sections, three parts. The first one is that we're going to look at the example of Jesus. Second, we're going to see how the apostles applied his teaching and his example on love to everyday life in the church. And third, we're going to consider how we can better fulfil these words in our lives and in our fellowship here at Bulleye Anglican. So in case you think I'm lost, at least you know that we start out with um, a structure and I can tell you I'm going to stick to it because that's what my notes say. Okay, let's start with the example of Jesus. Now you'll notice, especially in this section, that I'm going to be reading quite a lot of scripture and I'm doing that very deliberately because what I'm reading to you is his words not my words. This is from the top. So listen. Luke 6, 27. I say to you, 
Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. To the one who strikes you on the cheek, offer him the other also. Give to everyone who begs from you. And from one who takes away your goods, do not demand them back. As you wish that others would do to you, do so to them. Love your enemies. Do good to them, expecting nothing in return, and your reward will be great, and you will be the sons of the Most High. Be merciful, as our as your Father is merciful. Judge not, and you will not be judged. Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. Well, now some examples of Jesus and his ways of love. Mark 6.34 says, When Jesus saw a great crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And what did he do? He fed them, all 5,000 of them, and he taught them. Matthew 8.2, a leper came to him saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus, I love this, Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, taking upon himself the ritual uncleanness of a leper and said, I am willing, be clean. Then there is the paralytic lowered through the roof. Matthew 9, Jesus said, Take heart, my son, your sins are forgiven. And he got up and he went home. John 13, Jesus washes his disciples' feet. And then he says, quote, if I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have given you an example that you should do as I have done. Consider the Good Samaritan, Luke chapter 10. Jesus told the lawyer who asked him the question about the greatest commandment, um, Jesus said, you should love your neighbour as yourself. But the lawyer, typical lawyer, I don't know, he was looking for a loophole. Who don't I have to love is the essence of the question because he said, 
Who is my, and who is my neighbour? And then Jesus told the story of the man who was robbed. And he said that the man who helped that victim, even though he was his enemy, being a Samaritan, was the one who showed love to his neighbour. And Jesus said to the lawyer, you go and do likewise. John 15, 13, Jesus said, Greater love has no man than this, but that he lay down his life for his friends. And that is exactly what Jesus did for us when he allowed them to nail him to a cross. And what did he say while they were doing that to him? Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. That is love. You can't read the Gospels without seeing a picture of someone who is the very embodiment of love. He healed them. He forgave them. He wept with them. He mixed with them. And supremely, he offered himself as a sacrifice for them. And all of this was to restore our relationship with God and with each other. Jesus said, as I have loved you, you should love one another. Now the second point is how the apostles applied the example and teachings of Jesus to the local church. Very important to take this, take this on board, to the local church. And one of the best summaries of the life of love in a local church can be found in Colossians chapter 3, verse 12. Listen to this. This is Paul. Put on, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against the other, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you. He got it. And above all these things, said Paul, put on love, which binds all these things together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, in which you were called in one body. 
Do you see how these words are about protecting relationships? Here are a few more. Ephesians 4.32. This is one of my favourite ones. He says, Be kind to one another and tender-hearted. Tender. Isn't that a beautiful word? Yes, you can be kind to somebody as if it's a duty. But he says, with a tender heart. 1 Timothy 6.11 as for you, pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, and gentleness. Romans 14.9. Let us pursue what makes for peace. What happens when peace is declared? Relationships are restored. Romans 15.7. Welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you. And all these sayings are about acting in ways which preserve and protect harmonious relationships. And of course, as if to remind us that we can't do this on our own, Galatians 5.22 says... The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. So we need to be trusting in God's grace to give us his strength by his Spirit to love one another. Well, that's Paul. Now listen to Peter. 1 Peter 4.18. This is what he says. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly since love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another. I'm going to say a bit more about that in a minute. But show hospitality to one another without grumbling. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Relationships. And to round off this brief review of apostolic teaching, listen to John, 1 John 3.16. This is what he says. By this we know, love that he laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. That's the family of Christians. But if anyone has this world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and truth. Finally, we ask, how can we here be more like that? 
Actually, that's what this whole series of sermons has been about. We are a fellowship of brothers and sisters to support and encourage one another in ways which might attract others. It is a matter of how much we are willing to make ourselves available to one another for the common good and how much we are willing to help fulfil our mission of taking the gospel to the outside by showing love. I have a verse for you. Hebrews chapter, chapter 10, verse 24. This is what is said. Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Now, folks, I tell you, that is a charter if ever I've heard one. Stir up one another to love and good works and don't neglect to meet together. All this requires a level of commitment far beyond what other forms of association might require, not, of course, including families, which always comes first, but a after families. And for a start, and of course I don't feel I have to say this to you tonight on this rotten night, for a start it requires us to be regular in our meeting together on Sundays. Not when it suits us or when there's nothing else to do. Regular and reliable attendance at church on Sundays is the most basic measurement of commitment to our fellow Christian brothers and sisters that we can have. Now, I digress for a second because I wrote those words in preparation for this sermon several days ago. But when I got to church this morning and I read Michael's letter for this week, this is what he said, in part. Christians learn and practice these things in church together. It's in church we hear the Bible taught as a group. So we learn how to behave together as a group. Remember that these are the people we'll be spending eternity with. Hey, how about that? I remember once I worked at CMS and I was a bit cheeky. You can't believe that I was, but I was. And I said to this elderly retired lady missionary, I said, oh, Nora, I said, what about this is a great thought? We're going to be together forever in heaven. Oh, she said, at least we shall be changed, as the Bible says. And she was right, of course. Anyway, Michael goes on 
Um, we also go to pray with each other and for each other and to encourage each other in what we believe as Christians. None of these things can be done if we stay at home or skip church for something else. Now, I want to say I had, we weren't colluding, but that's exactly what I think the Lord wants us all to take on board today. Well, to take it a little bit further, it, to be a loving member of this body requires us to go beyond being friendly. I said two Sundays ago, the reason I've, we, Heather and I have been starting to come to this church includes the fact that when we were here a few years ago, we found this so friendly and so nice to be with. And we still do. It's beautiful. We love it. I'm not going to church today. No, we love it, right? So it's one thing to be friendly, but what is better than that is to be a church of real friends. That's what we need to be. Friends who go out of their way to show hospitality, as we read in the Bible a second ago by having other folks home for a night, for, for dinner, a barbecue, whatever. By having people in our homes and then, because once you do that, that's the sign that you want to go beyond being friendly. I want to be your friend. Hospitality is the great lost quality in so many churches. And, of course, it involves being aware if somebody not been around for a while, give them a call. How are you going? Everything all right? And on top of that, think of other ways that we can associate together. Uh, we used to have, a, up my old church, we had a, a quilting club. We, Heather started a fellowship for widows. Um, we had a bushwalking club. We had a, a, a retirement a retirees fellowship that used to go away on weekends and stuff. We had a one for middle-aged people called Velocity. I think they were having themselves on, but that's what they called themselves. And they did the same. And it was all for fellowship, to get to know each other and enjoy one another and love one another. It also requires us to be willing to put up our hand when things are needed to be done and not to leave it to the faithful few. It requires us, as uh, Michael suggested as well, that we should pray for one another regularly and to call up folks who we haven't seen for a while, as I just said. Now, what all these things do is to make us a church which is more and more worth joining and more and more worth inviting others to join us as well. Let me conclude where I began. Jesus said, love one another as I have loved you. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples, that you have love for one another.
We know what it means. We know what it costs. We know how to do it. All that is needed is the, the desire and the will. By this, all people will know that we are his disciples. Thank you.